0: Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. Hope everybody's feeling good. Today's episode, we're going to be moving on from living in the moment to on fear and confidence, right? That's the title of the chapter. But generally speaking, we're going to be moving the next few episodes into a discussion about what is confidence? Why should we try to be confident? What are the different aspects and ideas that kind of populate this idea of courage, right? And this idea of living a more confident life. So I want to start off with the next few episodes As we often do, right, with this kind of self-reflection, this examination of the self, right? So, quite simply, right, what is confidence to you? Would you characterize yourself as a generally confident person? In what areas of your life are you confident? What areas of your life are you maybe lacking confidence? So let's analyze ourselves, right, as we as we do a lot, right? Drag those questions inward. How am I confident? Where am I lacking confidence? What are my fears? Right? We're gonna talk a lot about the next few episodes about fears. The importance of confronting fears as a pathway to confidence, right? So, even just thinking, right? What scares you? What do you, what, you know, why do you fear the things you fear? And we're gonna get into a lot of like philosophical guidance that I think is encouraging us to confront our fears when we get into that episode specifically, right? Um, and that's a pathway again to a more confident self. For this first sort of introductory um, episode, though, what I like for us to focus on is one of the prompts in the chapter on fear and confidence, which is, if I was more confident, I would. So why do that, right? I think we start off with the idea of, right, so where am I confident, where am I not confident now? But I think this is interesting to kind of project an image of ourselves into the future that is a more confident version of ourselves, Um, in addition to examining the self that we have right now, because I think it's like kind of giving us a goal to pursue, right? That, That could be really meaningful. A more confident version of myself speaks up in that meeting a month from now. A more confident version of myself raises my hand in class more next semester. A more confident version of myself is going to try that thing and then you're kind of giving yourself an image of the self that you made which is great right and that it's something you can pursue and that pursuit ironically maybe will take confidence right. So the idea it takes confidence we're going to break that down There's little steps there, right? It's about confronting the fears, looking at the fears. Are they based in evidence? Are they rational? Are they irrational? And if they're even sort of rational, are they bigger than we're making them out to be? And another aspect of this whole conversation is it's all about this relationship between the self, the way you view you, the way you view the world, right? So externals and the way you confront fear. That's all about relationships. A lot, of this, a lot of this is going to be about dialogue, right? How do you grapple with, through dialogue, the fears that control you, that you succumb to, right? So first, for today's episode, before I'm already getting off track here, I want to get a definition of confidence, right? So before we get into pathways to confidence, of course, I want to kind of establish what I think confidence is and um, kind of break it down a bit, right? So one, confidence is a skill. As a result of that, it's something we can work on. We can sharpen that skill. The amount of confidence you have now is not necessarily the amount of confidence you'll have tomorrow if you try to adopt some of these ideas through practice, right? Is one argument I'm making. Another thing confidence is a virtue. It's a good thing to be confident, right? Why? And as we're going to see with Aristotle in later episodes, right? Um, as we already kind of discussed with him, and we'll see more so with balance, being balanced, being in the middle, being in the golden mean, avoiding excessive right? Actions, thoughts, feelings, avoiding deficient, so not enough thoughts, feelings, actions is key for him. Virtue lives in the middle for Aristotle, right? And that's where confidence lies. So we're going to have a whole episode on like, what is the difference between confidence and arrogance, right? I'm going to kind of give it away a little bit here, but ultimately, you know, excessive confidence is basically arrogance, right? It's rashness, it's not considering what's in front of you. It's making the assertion maybe that like, I'm not afraid of anything. Bad idea, right? Which leads me to another aspect of confidence, defining it by what it's not. Confidence is not an absence of fear. Confidence instead I think is a is a healthy, honest, productive confrontation of fear, right? It's very different. Confidence is having a relationship with fear. It's walking alongside fear, not letting fear control you, right? It's about having a healthy and, again, honest relationship. As we've said a little bit in class, right, some fears make sense. If there's a bear in the room, it makes sense to be afraid of the bear, right? We're designed to be afraid of things such that, you know, we stay alive. Fight or flight is real, right, and it's useful. So it's about learning how to fear things in the right way, then take the right action. Right. So this idea of being afraid of nothing or approaching absolute fearlessness, bad idea. Right. Also, I think another important aspect of confidence in terms of giving it a broad sort of general definition with some details, of course, is that we can look at it as more of an internal initiative. Right. Unfortunately, I think a lot of us, myself included at times, we put our sense of confidence, of self-belief, of courage onto externals, right? And we we tend to make generalizations. So we let external events and occurrences sort of damage our confidence in a way that's too extreme, right? I think we could talk about the sort of modern implications of this. And again, we're doing a lot of ancient stuff here with Aristotle, for example, in this chapter. But ultimately, modern life, I think, has a lot of sort of traps set out for us to diminish our confidence, right? Social media is a great example of that. Comparison is the thief of joy, right? It's also I think at times that comparison can be the thief of confidence Right we have we make these false comparisons Comparisons to individuals that have nothing to do with us that don't know who we are don't care about who we are And we make the assumption that they got to where they got and we have to get there too without knowing their backstory Without them, of course knowing our backstory and then we start feeling bad about ourselves. We start lacking confidence and then that affects the way we act in the world and that affects who we become. So all things we're going to examine a little more in depth over the next couple episodes, but things that I think warrant consideration when we're defining it, right? It meaning of course, confidence in this case. Another great question maybe comes up, came up now, right? What detracts from your confidence? What tends to add to your confidence? When do you feel confident in a very specific sense, right? What are the events that you can maybe take some control over that, are affecting your confidence negatively that could be removed. Right? Because again, what we're trying to aim for here is that cre- self creation of the confidence as an internal initiative and mission to be more confident. We might have to resituate our relationship to externals. And again, when we talked about the practices, we might need a confidence practice. We talked, one thing we say was remembrance of the good things. Maybe we have to use our memory to cultivate some confidence here. Remind yourself of what you've accomplished on a regular basis. That's not arrogant. Now, I mean, walking around and like telling strangers about it, a little bit weird, right? Don't do that. Or even friends and family. There's a big difference between bragging and sharing good news. We'll talk about that too. Right? One of the episodes will be about confidence in social settings. We have a great essay in this chapter by Alain de Bouton that we're going to reference from the School of Life. Um, that talks about how we can be more confident in social settings. And I also think we're going to have another conversation a couple of weeks about love and relationships. You should have friends who help you be confident, right? So when you share good news with people and they try to diminish it, or they try to make it about them immediately, that's not really healthy for your confidence. right? So all things, again, we're going to consider. But I think in defining confidence, we want to keep in mind, it's an internal game. Because I think we all know individuals who are seemingly in our Eyes, for example, very successful. They have accomplishments and yet they're not confident people. Confidence involves the way you talk to yourself. In a very, it's, it, to me, at least in my opinion, that's a very significant portion of what makes somebody confident. The way they talk to themselves, the way they understand themselves, the way they perceive themselves. All of that is philosophy, right? As we said, when we drag those questions, questions inward, and even last episode, when we're, con, we're conveying to ourselves an image of ourselves in the past. Sorry. And of the future. That's a spiritual exercise, right? You're turning your gaze inward. Confidence is really a very philosophical and spiritual endeavor. You can learn how to look at an external that would damage your confidence and significantly diminish the way it diminishes you by having a healthy sense of self and a healthy inner dialogue, right? So we're looking at it as an initiative that's internal. That is a skill we can cultivate that ultimately exists in a middle ground between arrogance and cowardice right and again we're not trying to eviscerate or get rid of fear necessarily some fears maybe right Some fear like this is ridiculous but even that the characterization of a fear as ridiculous is an internal thing that you have to create it's a viewpoint right that being said and this is something i've i've grappled with a lot in life i think this is a very interesting topic right confidence is again not necessarily the removal of fear but it might simply be a healthier relationship to certain fears that are tough to get rid of. Right. And it's, as we said earlier with the practice, right, it might be that confidence comes from confrontation. If I'm more confident, if I was more confident, I would this, do this thing. You have to do the thing. Right. And that might be uncomfortable, but through that uncomfort or I'm sorry, through that um, discomfort, we can cultivate confidence. You need fear to be confident. You need fear to be confident, right? So we talked about this notion in class of opposites that attract that almost necessitate each other. In order to truly be confident, you have to come through fear. That's where the skill cultivation comes in. It's takes skill to work with yourself, to grapple with your own discomfort and take the action that is a good rational action that you're afraid of anyway in the face of those fears that's what willpower is right willpower to an extent is the ability to transcend or go above and beyond and move through that impulse you have in your body in your mind and your soul to not do the thing you can win that battle right it takes willpower also to be confident willpower is a skill that you can work on slowly but surely and habitually to get more of Right. I, I just let's give an example from teaching because obviously here we are. Um, that nervousness, right, to raise your hand in class, you all experience that, myself included, even to this day. Right. But my challenge to myself is every class I raise my hand first, if not first, second, or I raise my hand very quickly in class. If I have an answer, that makes sense, obviously. Right. But I don't let that. I don't let those nerves creep in at all. And that's come from practice. I wasn't like that in high school right? It's come from the notion that this is not a rational fear. I don't have to be afraid of raising my hand and saying something that's wrong. Nothing's going to happen. And again, I have something to say that usually at least makes some sense right to me before I do that. But ultimately that little nervousness is that that's that bodily inclination. That's that bodily signal. Don't do this thing. Well, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a true thing. I'm going to do it. Then I'm going to tell myself, nice job, confidence right? So hope some of these introductory thoughts were useful. I want to leave you with a brief reading from our chapter, quick paragraph. It's the first paragraph of an essay we're going to read for homework, um, for those of you in my class. And the essay is called, one second, sorry. The essay is called Sociability, Confidence. It's from chapter four from the Book of Life um, by the School of Life. And the little essay itself is called Aphorisms on Confidence. So for those of you in my class, that's number five in our reading, right? So here's a paragraph again. I think this is a great, just a few, few ideas to start us off for the next few episodes. Debutan tells us, quote, the, to- the topic of confidence is too often neglected by serious people. We spend so much time acquiring technical skill, so little time practicing the one virtue that will make those skills effective in the world. We tend to regard the possession of confidence as a matter of slightly freakish good luck. Some people simply are very confident, we believe, for reasons that neuroscientists may one day uncover, but there isn't much we can do about our particular situation. We are stuck with the confidence levels we were born with. This is not in any way true. Confidence is a skill not a gift from the gods, and it is a skill founded on a set of ideas about the world and our natural place within it. These ideas can be systematically studied and gradually learned so that the roots of excessive hesitancy and compliance can be overcome. We can school ourselves in the art of confidence. That's a great idea, the art of confidence, just saying. At the heart of a lot of underconfidence is a skewed picture of how a dignified, of how dignified a normal person can be. We imagine that it might be possible to place ourselves beyond mockery. We trust that it is an option to lead a good life without regularly making a complete idiot of ourselves. And he goes on to really make some interesting points there um, that I think, again, connect to my idea of confidence being an internal sort of initiative, right? The way we view ourselves. So we're not gonna get into that. The next few episodes will be about testing fear, They'll be about this view of the self idea that Deb Bhutan is presenting. It'll be that specific episode will be about for him a little, again, kind of. Spoiler to an extent, Um, a part of what being confident means for Bhutan is this realization that we're not perfect. And once you stop expecting yourself to be perfect, brief summary, right. Um, You just kind of acknowledge that you have to take action in life. You're going to make mistakes and by not holding yourself to this perfectionist standard you give yourself more wiggle room to mess up and feel okay about it and then in that feeling okay you're confident you're not demanding perfection of yourself so at the same time you don't degrade yourself when you miss that impossible mark right so it's hard to be confident and a perfectionist ultimately Um, and we're going to also get into a couple other exercises of course around how we can become more confident so i hope this was helpful as an introductory Uh, kind of episode. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.